Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Our Two Pens. I'm Leah. And I'm Vivian. And... And we have a very special guest. I'm Viviana, but I think for the sake of this we'll call me V, just for confusion with our similar names. Good to know. And we're having a special Netflix and chill episodes where we're going to unpack some of the shows that we've been watching and some general pop culture stuff. I suppose Red Table Talk is technically a show, so it does count, right? Yeah, it does count. Yeah, definitely. What did you guys think of this whole thing? Like, I'm still, I still have so many questions to ask Jada. You know, there's a lot of things she has to explain to us. One thing that I appreciated was the look of skepticism that Will had. So when she said entanglement, Will said entanglement. Right. (laughs) He didn't let her get away with just euphemisms. He interrogated her and was like, explain exactly what it is that you've done. Yeah. Explain exactly what it is that happened, which I think was very, I think that was very big of him, especially because it wasn't his drama per se. Mm -mm. No. And it was big of him to be there. Like you could just leave that and let her get on with it. But he was like, you know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to support my what are they called in a life partner? I'm going to support my life partner. I'm going to be here. <laughs> yeah, Will, I mean, we've all seen the memes that have gone around. It's just not favourable to either party, really. <laughs> Will looked really upset, like really, really upset. I don't know if they had a conversation prior to that Red Table talk, but there was just a lot of things that they were coming out. Done. And he he just did not look comfortable with some of the stuff that she was saying. I think that they must have done because it's her show, her production company. They probably would have discussed what to say. They probably have a crisis manager. They probably would have sat down and recorded the episode. They probably would have sat there throughout the editing process mm. to make sure that exactly what goes out is exactly what it is that they want to say. But do you feel like they said anything? Because I felt like I watched that whole 12 minutes and I was like, I got no extra information right here. She basically said that they understand why August spoke out because people were painting him as a homewrecker. And his in his own interview with Angela Yee, he did mention that it was starting to affect his income and that was why he wanted to speak out. And Jada said that she and Will were in a bad place and she was feeling vulnerable and that she wanted to feel better about herself and that she enjoyed the process of healing him. One thing that I have to say is there's too many people in this world that think that they're going to heal other people with their genitals. Ah. Your pussy is not golden. Your penis cannot do that kind of thing. Ah. You need to sometimes just have a therapist. You need to sometimes just sit with yourself. Ah, you can't. <laughs> you know, I'm just, you just, ah. Like, when, when she said, ah, oh, I felt good healing him. I said, sis, through your pussy. Like, ah, how do we heal? <laughs> how? Just how do we do that? Do you know? There was just a lot going on. I'm like, Jada, just say what it is that you wanted, you know, that young thing. He's good looking. You were having problems with your partner. Don't say you wanted to heal this man because how? Is Jada a licensed therapist? Is she God <laughs> to be healing? Is she a doctor? Has she been studying lupus in the meantime? Ah, sis. You're not a trauma, you know, specialist. What are you doing? I was just very confused. <laughs> but um, V and I 
we were talking about how we just I think that people are going a bit too far by taking by saying that she's being predatory oh. and that she there's like calling her abusive I just feel like I I re-watched the interview with August and he only really had positive things to say about Jada oh. He said that she was like one of the greatest loves of his life. And he said that if he died now, that he would feel happy knowing that he'd given his heart to someone in that way, even if it didn't work out. Wow. So I feel like, how did people go from all of that to, yeah, I understand that he was in a vulnerable vulnerable position. I understand that to the outside world, the image was that he was like a cousin, like a family member. But I can also understand them wanting to save face, them wanting to keep their relationship private, them wanting to say whatever they need to say to keep, outside people at bay but I just thought it was I thought it was a bit strange how people can listen to what he said and the way that he speaks about Jada and the way that he speaks about that relationship and and that point in his life and and come to the conclusion of abuse I think that Jada was very very short-sighted I think that she was very very blind to her privilege and to her power but I don't think it was I don't think there was ever the intention to be destructive or to be vindictive in any way. No, I don't think she went into it wanting to be malicious. But yeah, go on, V, you're the guest here. No, I just think they were both in a very vulnerable position because even if you listen to Will and Jada speak about where they were in their marriage at that point, what did Will say? He said, I was done with your ass. Mm -hmm. We were over, like, obviously. And think about how long their marriage how yeah how long they've been to 25 years 25 years whatever it was at that point you know what I mean so mm-hmm. clearly she they were she was going through something and then it was just a case of August was there and he was yeah. also going through something so it was two broken people leaning on each other Absolutely. and I just in my head I'm not seeing it as abuse I'm but again I, I can't comment I don't know we don't know anything about the situation but I just think that until August says otherwise oh. until August says that he felt some type of way it's a lot for us to put our own interpretations on it onto him. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think from listening to both interviews, I don't think their intention was to take advantage of one another, but it just so happens, isn't it? Jada was going for a difficult time. He was going for a difficult time, probably in the healing process. They were like, ah, oh, we should do a thing. You know, we get on. <laughs> You're cute. I'm cute. You know, I, you know, my man is like, I'm done with you. Let's just, let's just do a thing. And I think they were, they were together for a few number of years. My question now is, at what point did they, did Jada realize I want to get back together with Will? He broke up with her. August did. According to the Red Table Talk, Jada said that August walked away from the situation. And in his in interview with um, Angela Yee, August said that it was one of the hardest things he's ever had to do was walking away from that relationship. So he's the one that ended it. Oh. I think it's because he wanted a proper, serious, deep relationship. And, and she could I don't have think given she that. was willing to mm. end her marriage. And I don't think she needed to. No. Because of whatever arrangement that her and Will had. She was living the best of both worlds, wasn't she? She had a young wife yeah. and she had her, her marriage, you know? Guys. Of course she didn't want to end it. <laughs> it's a great situation to have. I mean, what a lovely problem. To have a husband and a sexy, talented, caring, deeply, deeply empathetic partner. um, Side, you know, pretty young thing on the side. Like he's, she's winning here. I think it's difficult for men to see a woman be this open and be brazen about the choice that she's made because 
we're not used to women being in this type of position saying, you know what? I just wanted to feel good about myself. I did this for me. I didn't do this because of August. I didn't do this to spite Will. I did this for myself and my comfort. And I think that's where the discomfort kind of comes in a little bit because people are like, oh, like Jada's really on job. I don't know. You just don't know. 25 years of marriage, like what happens? You don't know where your head is at. You don't know where your heart is at. And Maybe they just needed that little bit of rejuvenation in their marriage. I'm sure Will's done something. I am sure Will is not innocent. Oh, definitely. Didn't Will say that he got Jada back? Oh, did he? Oh, he did. He did say I got you back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I love about this situation is that it's un- it's opened up just what marriage is because we've all mm. idolized their relationship for so long. And then to think like this is what's been going on behind the scenes. Like I'm never going to put any relationship up on a pedestal like that because you don't know you You do not know the struggles they've been through no but having said that i also am not mad at their open situation i think that there's so many people who are in who think that they're in monogamous relationships who don't know what's happening with their partners on the side they said that there is no secrets between them I'm guessing that this was a moment of indiscretion, but they have said that, like, I'm guessing from that moment on, there was no secrets between them. So they know what the other is up to. Will said to Jada, there is nothing that I can't love you through. And that was one of the moments. So I feel like they are definitely a unit. And I feel like some people might be into, might be able, not even into, but might be capable of that level of monogamy for that many decades. But they, I feel like are realistic about themselves and then also they are celebrities which means that the kind of people that they come across they basically live in hollywood which is like the land of beautiful people Mm. just the access that they have to people like if i if me regular schmegular girl was married to someone i can go flirting flirting but what are the chances that someone will actually want to cheat with me very high if (laughs) you never know it's looking you very high what are you talking about (laughs) you never know (laughs) leah's like oh i can flat my way through i'm told they say come to my house and then (laughs) you're in trouble (laughs) i just mean like that as a celebrity the opportunities to cheat are just they quadruple quintu like they're like 10 times more opportunities to cheat a hundred times more just because of how many more people want to be with you yeah yeah I guess so I guess it's a lot harder to keep it in your pants because there are just so many beautiful women and men um I've never idolized their relationship I don't know maybe because I wasn't I didn't grow up with Will I didn't watch French Prince of Bel-Air I know don't crucify me um I don't know what I know (laughs) where were you at (laughs) watching friends <laughs> that's what i was doing instead really oh, yeah. oh. i know this it didn't age well i know i know i know but i didn't watch fresh prison <laughs> <laughs> i didn't find out about will until like i think it was pursuit of happiness was where i even discovered will smith i didn't know he was married to jada pinkett i didn't know any of that story the only thing i've ever known about their marriage is that it's open but that's been kind of in the air for a long time so I guess this this didn't surprise me as it would have like you Viviana because you've actually followed and known about their relationship for a while yeah like J. Cole said I want that Jada and Will love no I'm like "Mm -mm, don't want it never (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind it Mm. I can never be open you know not like that I can barely share oh (laughs) I do think that sometimes I can barely share I can't share food but like I feel 
a deep sadness mm. when I share food. Leah does not share food. Okay, she does not share. <laughs> now food. imagine a whole husband. Can you do that? Imagine a whole husband, Leah. You cut her legs off. <laughs> You'd be like, "Oh, cool. This is who she is. Oh, nice, nice. See you this evening." <laughs> Okay, okay. It may not be necessarily their exact setup, but what I admire is their honesty, their togetherness mm. as a unit, and their dis- and their ability to decide what it is that a marriage or a life partnership is to them, and their parameters come what may, regardless of what other people on yeah. the outside have think about it. They are like, okay, as our unit, yeah. this is what we want, and I feel like that's what I aspire to is to find a person where you can decide, like make. Make your own rules about marriage. Yeah. With you and your partner. Yeah. I have to be honest. I do appreciate their honesty with each other. Like they, I think they tell each other everything the way they showed it on, on red table talk. I think they definitely tell each other everything. And that is something to emulate in your marriage, but maybe not the open side of it, but to be honest and to be kind. I think at the core of it, they're quite kind and caring to one another. Very kind. Because there's not many people that would have forgiven Jada or would have sat there with her through that kind of scandal. That's why I said Will has done something. He's like, you know what, come back. And it's much worse. I'm telling you Will's now. Will's like, my my dirty laundry is not going anywhere. So Jada, you better come back. <laughs> and I just think of just like men in general in their pride and just to let this all happen. Something much worse must have happened. T- tell them again, Viviana. That's the thing. It's just like, it's worse. Even the language that we're using to talk about it, something much worse. It's worse in terms of what the general public, like general Joe Schmo thinks about what a marriage should be. Yeah. So they would think it's a worse indiscretion, but it's just an aspect of their relationship. I think the reason why people are saying it's a bit weird is just because they said they were going to like get better do you know what I mean? Like, if you're having problems in your marriage and her way of dealing with it and feeling good about herself was to get with, was to, you know, in the in the process of helping August get with him, it's like, oh, like, how are you working on a, on your marriage then? Like, how did you figure out that, you know, Will is, mm. do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you would think, okay, in the process of trying to get back together or trying to figure out who you are but maybe she did maybe she did figure out things about herself through her relationship through August that she never knew whilst being with Will I I don't know I I don't know maybe she did but I think maybe that's where people are coming from like if you're trying to work through things with your husband how did you end up with another man and then if he didn't break up with her would she, would she be back with Will I think she would have never left him I think that she would have never left Will there's a YouTube channel called For Harriet and the host, Kim, basically was talking. I don't necessarily agree with all of her views because she's of the opinion of that there was abuse and manipulation and whatnot taking place. But she did say something that I think that I do believe, which is that for Will and Jada, as much as I feel like they enjoy their unionship and their life partnership, mm. for them, being a couple is part of their brand. yeah. And they are much more powerful as a unit together. And I can understand wanting to protect that, even if, like, because they said that they the, the romantic side of the relationship isn't the main priority as much as, like, the unit. Mm. So I can understand wanting to protect that and, like, the perks that come with being Will and Jada. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of whatever relationships and stuff that you have, like, outside of the public eye. 
How much do you think they paid journalists not to break this story before August did? Because I'm sure people knew in the industry, but nobody really spoke about it. Maybe people just had NDAs. Yeah, must have you couldn't been. just couldn't really talk about it. And then also, I don't think that people from and maybe people who were close to them wouldn't say anything because people who were in the same industry as them are probably doing much worse mm. and and aren't in open relationships. True that. You know? True that. Maybe. <laughs> so it's like if they were to break it to the world, I feel like this the same thing that happened now would have just happened back then, which is them being like, yeah. And Will being like, yeah, I know. Let me hold my wife's hand while she talks about her boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> when you put it like that. So her boyfriend. Yeah. I don't think there's a, there's the stakes aren't really as high <laughs> with them breaking news on them. I think it's been out there though. It has been out yeah. there because I'm sure I've heard it before. Like this isn't the first time I've heard it. Really? And it's not uh, like what? I've got my ear in the street for gossip, but I'm sure I've heard this before. Isn't she's talking about them being in an open relationship? Oh, you're talking about no, them being No, no, in... I mean the August thing. Oh. No, I mean August and Jaden. Like I'd heard about that before. Before, like, well, the last couple of weeks and before his interview. I'm sure it's been a rumour that's been flying around, but Jada's never mm. confirmed it. In fact, no, I remember she did deny it initially, didn't she? Yeah, she did. I feel like mm. there's always been something that she's denied, but now she's been like, okay, August has spoken on it himself. So, so now... I can speak on it as yeah, well. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. As if 2020 couldn't give us more guys, as in... This year has just been a roller coaster and a half. But yeah, that was that was. And now we've got entanglement. And now we've got entanglement. entanglement. Guys, don't let don't let any guy take you for a you know a, d- a dickhead. Like, do not use that word. <laughs> do not. <laughs> do so not what are we? Entangled, baby. <laughs> yeah, just an entanglement. Just an entanglement. <laughs> I want to know which dictionary this woman gets her words from because sis how did it even come how did that word even come she must have planned it i'm convinced that it's the same therapist that came up with conscious uncoupling for Gwyneth Paltrow. it's the same i agree i agree with you drinking the same celebrity relationship therapist kool-aid i agree which they probably do need a celebrity relationship therapist just because the problems that they face so different are so unique Mm. in their experience that it wouldn't surprise me if they all go to like a similar person yeah Mm. that's very niche actually but yeah Another show that we have been watching and loving at the moment mm. has been I May Destroy You by Michaela Cole of Chewing Gum fame. How have you guys found it? Did you both see Chewing Gum, by the way? I did. Yes, I did. I loved it. Such a long time ago now. Such a long time ago. Chewing Gum is one of those things where it literally made me, I was just cringing the entire way through. Right? But it was so funny. You know when you're just like... <laughs> Like when you're just like, uh, like boy Tracy, cousin boy Tracy. (laughs) Like, how did we get here? How did we get here? It's like there's nine billion people on this planet, boy Tracy. You don't need to (laughs) go after behind behind the bins. You know, Michaela Carl is just brilliant. (laughs) I love her realness. She's just so open with everything. Like even in this. I may destroy you. How many times did we see that girl on the toilet? Yeah. When that blood clot was, like, was just, I said, sis. Ooh. I said, sis. No, no, Vivian, there is a story, an erotic story <laughs> that I sent you 
that in because you were like mm, period sex I'm not sure how long I'm that. I said I said read this you read it and you were hot and heavy yeah. so that to me I was not I was not surprised by this I was not put off by it I was like yeah it's gooey just put it in the bin put it in the toilet carry on I wasn't put off by it but I was just I was just shocked by how I was shook it was on TV on BBC that was just like oh my god on BBC is that a tampon that has blood on it <laughs> no way <laughs> we've rewritten all the rules okay all the rules has been mm-hmm. rewritten by Michaela because I have never ever seen that before on television I don't know about YouTube but I've never seen that before Biagio just oh, it out. honestly and he's like oh! what is that and he's just talking about it he's touching it he's like oh it's like oh it's squidgy and soft I'm like yeah <laughs> can you chuck like, it in the it bed when it comes out? no Please stop asking questions. And she's like, okay, no, we're not doing this. We're just we're just not doing this. How did you generally receive the show when you watched it? I will say the first, like I watched the first two episodes. Now I'm sure we all know what the show is about and it does delve a lot into sexual assault and she is assaulted in the show. Spoiler, sorry. But yeah, I found after the first, maybe the second episode, I found it just difficult to watch. Like I, I sort of wanted to stop watching only because I didn't want her to figure out what what happened to her right like it was painful it was difficult but obviously I I had to carry on because I had to like me I can't not finish a series so I had to carry on but I just loved Mm. how they did it and just the little little flashbacks a little bit of trauma like bringing you back to the scene but then going flittering between that and normal life and her just like being with her friends but she's still got this this thing in her head, this this assault, she's yeah. got that in the back of her mind constantly. No, it was no. It's, it's, it, honestly, like I can't rave about it enough. It's so good. And the fact that it was inspired by her own actual assault in mm. real life. Mm. One thing that we will link in the description is apparently she did a big speech at the Edinburgh um, Television Festival at the MacTaggart event or something, where she basically talked about her experience of sexual assault. So I will I will leave that in the description because they said that uh, a guy in my office said that if you're going to watch the show, watch this because it, it explains so much of what you end up actually seeing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I started it last night and I finished I'm up to date now. I think there are more episodes to come. And wow, it's 10 just episodes. Very... Yeah, <laughs> when I'm. <laughs> I am I'm the Netflix when you're queen. When I'm about to, when I'm focused, I can get through a couple of shows within days. <laughs> but and it's only half an hour long, so it, it didn't take that long to yeah. be fair. It was very difficult because we were kind of finding out about her assault with her. Like we didn't really know that she'd been assaulted. I didn't. I knew that the story was about her sexual assault, and I knew it was about sexual assault, but. I was kind of piecing the story together with her as well, where she's like, okay, I'm just having these flashbacks, but I don't know if it's true. And I was like, sis, I don't know if it's true either, but like, let's just see how this goes. And then like seeing her reporting to the police and there were just so many different layers, so many different layers to the different characters as well. I don't know. Do we want to do a deep, deep dive into each character? Yeah, deep dive, deep dive. Yeah. I just want to quickly compare how, they reacted to Arabella's abuse in comparison to Kwame. Oh my gosh, yes. Mm. yes. And then just seeing how they both 
progressed from that point. So as soon as Arabella reported hers, she kind of went on a path of healing and trying to find out what happened and speaking to people and being as open as she possibly can about the situation. And then on the flip side, you've got Kwame, who is a gay black man who was also assaulted, who went to report to the police and just the blasé, the laissez-faire attitude of the police towards him saying, oh, you know, this could have been a lot easier if you just reported it automatically. There was no care. There was no words of endearment. There was no empathy for him. And then just to see how he went kind of downhill and closed himself off, not wanting to interact with people because Arabella kind of started having sex and still faced sexual abuse afterwards. Um, but yeah, it was just so, so interesting to see those two parallels and how their characters kind of went through the show, even though they're really, really good friends and stuff. But yeah. I felt like there were so many moments that I've heard that just resonated with people. For oh. me, the, the beginning bit, because I've had one of those moments where you wake up and you're just texting in the group chat, like, what happened? How did I get home? Yeah. And you're trying to piece it together. The fact that it was almost like a funny thing where she was like, oh yeah, this this just random bit of blood on my forehead. What oh. is this? And the fact that she was like giggling and laughing up until the point where she was like, all of the signs are pointing to this assault. And Simon, it just, the fact that Simon was looking to hide his affair above caring for his supposed friend it just it just made people really really question these friendships and it really really resonated with me in the sense that you can even be out with your friends and they may not necessarily have your back and i think that's more of a male friendship thing than a, a female friendship thing mm, you come to find out it happens like remember them initially with terry and her like going separate ways mm. in the club like it yeah. happens with girls it happens with girls as well yeah and just the fact that terry was the one that told Simon to just leave her because she is this way. Mm. Oh, oh, just because she's jealous. Like Terry, Terry's character just, mm. but yeah. I don't know. It was very, very messy. The flashback scene. And then even, okay, talking about Terry's character, one thing that they mentioned on the Hilo that really resonated with them was the moment when Terry was really, really excited to have this threesome. And then when she watches the guys leave and she realizes that they knew each other the whole time, and then she kind of feels a bit used and she feels sad. But instead of of sitting with that, she immediately picks up her phone and sends a message to her friend like, hey, I just had a threesome. Like, I feel like so many women have had an experience that has been tinged or bad or dodgy. But instead of looking at that, they have like found a spicy thing about it to mm. brag about mm. or, to, or to claim about what has just happened. Mm. Yeah. It's it's weird in it's in this kind of new age that we're living in that trauma can sort of become sensationalized and you kind of see it with even Arabella's character. I mean, you haven't watched the last two episodes, the present ones, but she kind of spirals and she kind of uses, she forgets that she's actually been through something and she hasn't properly healed um, before she tries to start healing other people. V, you've seen the last two, I think I'm talking specifically about episode nine, where it, I think it's called Social Media is a Connection. Mm, yes, yeah. And just and just how she forgets that 
reality exists as well and how quickly she was to just try to connect with people and fight this cause and blame everybody but then like she's forgetting that there were things that she may have done in the past and she she kind of used her trauma as a way to forget about everything else that's going on and didn't focus on it no I love that episode. It was, no it was good no it was good because it's she sort of from all this she's become this warrior for sexual assault and abuse mm. and that episode in particular like so she was focused on helping all these people online or whatever but she's not really looked into herself first of all for healing and she hasn't looked at any of her actions that could have been bad mm. so no it was no it was but yeah it was impactful but what I really enjoy about this show is how it started up conversations I don't know if it's the same in your friendship circles but for me like I've been having conversation with both guys and girls about just consent in general as an as an mm. idea and something that stood out to me was one of my friends male friend he was like so yeah obviously we've all been discussing about consent and he's very aware with like new partners just to make sure you get consent like before even during and all of that and I'm like amazing great and he said to me it was like something that I didn't really think about was consent in relationships like and how that works how just because someone's your girlfriend doesn't mean they want to have sex all the time this is the thing like you 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 need to ask you need to check with them they're okay even something as simple as like you ask someone says no and then you continuing to beg now you've changed their their decision like looking at the dark side of that like we had the coercion yeah coercion like and how that's not good and even things like sex without a condom and how guys try and push that it oh this show has honestly done so much for just opening up conversations yeah the stealth thing guy is the fact that he tried to make it he said oh I thought you knew about Mm. it he tried to make it seem it was there it was like a decision that they made together together yeah like couldn't you feel it yeah you should have felt it and it's like that's not how it works regardless of whatever it is that she felt it is still a violation and it's a crime it is it is like it's an assault I was so angry watching that scene and then the moment that she realizes that he's done this to other people oh yeah and it does a lot to just educate I like that she didn't like okay it happened but then she sort of progressed the relationship because that's the norm because sometimes things like that happen but you've not fully deep exactly what's happened you haven't processed it you're just like oh okay he's sorry move on and then it took her thinking about it and even they progressed their relationship she thought about it more and was like hang on a minute this is wrong so Mm. it's sort of that message of like okay he's gotten away with it like once before doesn't mean you can't bring it up like it doesn't mean you can't go back and talk about something that you felt uncomfortable about yeah it's not old news no yeah Mm. and it's just the fact that Arabella is not the perfect victim in the sense that the reason I think that Terry felt like, oh yeah, yeah, just leave her. It's what she does is because she's the kind of person that goes out and she drinks and she takes drugs and she, and she socializes and she hangs out with people and she goes off with strangers. And the show really says, even if you do all of that, you still deserve to be listened to. You still deserve justice. You still deserve for your friends to stand by you. You still deserve for your friends to support you and look out for you. I felt like that was something. Because they could have made her like a sweet girl. Yeah, yeah. That w- yeah, that was one thing that I really appreciated about the show. It's the fact that Arabella is not perfect. And despite that, she still deserved justice, as you should. You don't have to be sober for you to not get raped. Like, that should just be a right that every single woman and man has. Mm. 
yeah, it took me a while to clock that that's what they were doing with her character because I was still trying to just, I was seeing it mm. obviously from the abuse point of view. But then when it, I think it got to Biagio kind of lecturing her and scolding her and I thought no like that's not okay you can't you can't do that to the victim you can't make her feel shit about having gone through rape and blame her for it as well like nah that's not cool but yeah I really really appreciated that little bit as well because it does feel like sometimes as women or men they try to look for a reason to blame you for something horrific happening to you like oh what were you wearing were you with guys did you Mm. were you drinking were you on drugs and this show really highlights despite all of those things she still deserved justice and you still have empathy for her because at the end of the day she didn't deserve to go through all of those things because of her flaws her flaws are not the reason why it's because the man is disgusting and you know took advantage of her oh goodness I know a lot. Yeah. But I also just like the little bits. I also like the little nuances. The music. It is a good time at the same time. Like, (laughs) I also really, really appreciate the fact that throughout all of this, Michaela Cole actually took the opportunity to put on black podcasters. Yeah. Literally just in that moment. That moment was probably five to 10 seconds. But um, I think Talani from the Receipts podcast mentioned that they just got an email. I think Victoria Sanusi from Black Girls Living mentioned that it was just an email from the production company explaining the brief idea. But even in her big show, she was like, there's this little moment where I can put other people on and like amplify their voices and their reach. Yeah. Which I feel like is really, really admirable. Yeah, even the mu- the music was just brilliant. Like I've been put onto so many artists that I did not know before. And now I'm searching up their songs in Italian, in English, everyone. You know, I'm listening to everything. Like there's just so many different aspects. And just the way, even the way they speak, that sometimes they're like, ah, let's not do that though. Like that's so that's that's the way we speak. You know, it's very yes. original, it's very London. It, it doesn't take away from the experience at all. And I feel like anyone that watches this show, there are aspects that they can definitely relate to and they can see in their own lives, aside from obviously the big storyline, which is, you know, sexual assault. They're just little nuances that are in the show. And I'm just like, that's brilliant. She's thought about this, she's thought about that. So it's just it's just really good. Yeah. So the gay character's name is Kwame. Kwame, yeah. yeah. After Kwame's assault, he starts to rethink his lifestyle and goes on a date with a woman mm. and he has sex with her. Mm. A white woman. What did you guys think about that? Because I felt like they were both in the wrong. Because yes, sh- he didn't tell her that he was a gay man who was looking for escape and was looking to try something out because he felt like men were dangerous at that point. And she also had her little fetish mm. thing going on. There was a lot. With the whole him being gay and not telling her. So I've been like, hmm, what is my opinion on this? Because realistically, sometimes you don't know what your sexuality is. And is that something mm. you're supposed to be explaining to your partner constantly? Just to be yeah. like, I don't know exactly where I sit on the spectrum. Like you, some people just don't know. Even, I don't know, I find it difficult. Like, is it something that you bring up straight away? yes or no how would I feel about in this situation do I care like there's a lot to think about do there. I care mm. Mm. yeah there was a lot with that there was a lot with that scene because she said oh, I really really like black guys I said Mm-mm-mm. this is a Karen red flag 
problematic. Like, I said, mm, 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 mm. how did we get here? And obviously, he doesn't date women. So I think there are things that we talk about in, you know, just male, female relationships, male, male relationships that maybe he just not clued up on. He was just trying something new. And in episode nine, Arabella gets very, very upset with him about that and saying, why did you not say something? You basically took advantage of her. You are this, you are that. And, you know, Terry reminds Arabella that she's done things that were kind of underhanded in the past as well, just because you're not thinking about the bigger picture. You're not thinking, how can my actions affect this person? Does my sexuality really matter in this whole thing? Because she actually wanted to have sex with me. It was consensual. Yes, there is a part of his character that she needed to know. And when I was watching it, I did think he should have said something to her. But again, Mm. there was no real... They never even got to have that conversation before they jumped into sex. And she's like, oh, yeah, we talked a lot. We did this, we did that. But I felt like as soon as the opportunity presented itself, he was honest about it. He didn't try to hide. As soon as she was homophobic, he's like, oh, why are you saying that? I'm gay. He wasn't trying to hide his sexuality. But yeah, I am in two minds like Viviana. I'm not sure if that is something that he should have said before they had sex or I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He should have said something for sure, but I'm not sure how. I think how. that they were both in the wrong. Yeah. This is an example of him trying to heal himself through sex. Mm. I, I think mm. that he felt like men were unsafe because a man had hurt him and he was rethinking if this is what it's like, because all of the scenes really about his gayness were to do with like hookup culture. Yeah. Yes. And apart from that one guy who came into his life and left because he couldn't participate in the threesome or whatnot. That was like the only thing that felt like it touched on it could potentially be like a proper relationship. Mm. Other than that, it's basically been about hookup culture. And I felt like he really thought doing this thing has hurt me. There's this other option, which is to be with women. I want to see if I can do that. And that's what I thought that was, which you're still experimenting with other people, trying to heal yourself through or with other people. Messy, messy, yeah. messy. This is the, this show is very messy. It's messy. And it embraces the mess. The show is very, very messy. It it's very that, that bit was very messy. She's very messy in the replace of the n word for ninja. And it's just it's just a weird. It's just it's just all no, very. No, but do, do you feel like that's messy? To replace the N-word with something that's not the N-word? Because I felt like at least she's not saying it. I've heard other people replace it with other things. Is it because she replaced it with something that was similar? Would you have been... Like, there's um, someone that I've seen on Twitter who said that they replaced the N-word with brother when they're rapping along to music or singing along to music that references the N-word. So is it... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. At first I thought, oh, that's sweet. But then I saw how I think she only did it to pander to her black friends. I don't I don't think because then she she was very happy to use the F word against gay people. But yeah, I just didn't think that she was that sympathetic towards other marginalized groups, which is why I don't trust her. But I I don't think there's a problem with replacing the N word. I think it's actually quite considerate if it's coming from a sincere place. But I just didn't Mm. trust her character that she was doing it from a sincere mm. place, if that makes sense. Right. Because you shouldn't just do things because, you know, you have friends in those groups. You should do things because that whole group has said that they don't like it. Right. 
But yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about her. But I don't think it's a bad thing to do it generally because it's, it is actually quite, it's smart if you still want to rap, but you know that these this word offends people not to use it. How do you guys feel about Simon? I don't like Simon. I think Simon, like a lot of the characters, is one of those. Actually, no, scratch that. I was going to say he's got good parts and bad parts, but no, there's no good nah. thing about Simon. <laughs> that <Not> man. Thinking <laughs> back, I'm like, hmm, actually. You know what? When him and that girl met his girlfriend, and then he got that girl to pretend she was ill or whatever, wherever she was going, then they met her back. No, that man's not okay. Mm mm. Yeah. The fact that his wife was willing to participate in the consensual threesome with another woman and he had a problem with that. I was just like, you're just a selfish man. You need to just get out of here. He just wanted to cheat. Yeah, like you just want to cheat. He's not a will. He just wanted, that was an entanglement. That was cheating. It was an entanglement. Okay? <laughs> he could have tried entanglement. His wife offered entanglement, but no. <laughs> he knew what he was doing that is so messed up why to what gain does he does he get by doing that i think that he proved himself to be a disloyal husband he proved himself to be a disloyal friend when he was lying to her about where she was like that must be that that would have been so disorientating for her to be like oh yeah yeah i was with you with this thing and this thing and her like trying to piece it together finding out i was in camden how did i end up in Cam-? like the fact that he was willing to lie to such an extent, even obviously the fact that we find out from Terry that he left her. Mm. And the fact that he still tried to blame Terry. Like he was like, I asked you for advice. And it's like, sir, you're the one that left. You're, yeah, yeah. You still carried out the action, sir. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it was his friends, I'm oh. assuming that did the assault because when they were all getting drinks and shots at that place, those were his friends. Arabella went out with Terry, that American guy that accent was fake simon's friends <laughs> yeah that accent that was really accent. bad no it was really really bad it that was, was really not bad. it <laughs> that distracted me it took me out for a minute but it was anyway just really, i was like this is not american this is south london adjacent okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah simon bad friend terry i can understand terry's frustration i can understand terry's frustration with arabella in the sense that terry is struggling in her career she's not making much headway and Arabella has just had a huge success. She's being paid to go to Spain to do another success. You go out, you're supposed to have a fun night out with your friend and she just gets wrecked on her own and disappears and abandons you. Yeah, they're both very flawed. So that's the context of Terry's. So I can understand her being like, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm tired, I'm going to go home. And do you know, and being like, do you know what? This is her doing her mess again. I'm tired, I'm going to go home. Like mm. I can understand it. I've not done it. <laughs> I'm like everyone must be accounted for kind of person yeah you are (laughs) it's a bit messed up in another country to just like leave Mm. no I couldn't do that that's that yeah Yeah. I couldn't do that the fact that she was she was on like didn't they say five different drugs they smoked weed they did cocaine they did ketamine on alcohol on alcohol and then she took I think molly as well yeah so uh, an an ecstasy so a, a concoction of drugs to the point where literally go fair enough arabella was a messy bitch because she said oh i'm gonna go get you a drink went to go do drugs in the bar yeah. came back empty handed oh i'm sorry i forgot the drink i'm gonna go get back in the when the get a drink did more went drugs back to the bathroom, did more drugs and then was dancing by herself that bouncer was really trying hard he was pulling her off the off the dance stage he was pulling her off the table he was pulling her off different areas i'm like this bouncer is really earning his money today you keeping know? arabella off the furniture <laughs> 
How have you not been thrown out though? I can't think of that. Nah, I, I we got thrown out because I was sleeping. So I'm surprised that she got to do all of that. <laughs> I'm surprised he was a nice bouncer, you know. He, she got to do all of that. But I May Destroy You, definitely a recommendation. Brilliant show. Lots of yeah. different conversations. I'm still very, very ignorant. I feel like I have a lot to learn. I have a lot of research to do after, you know, these couple of episodes that I've seen. Yeah, very, 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 very good show. I think it's also really opened people's eyes to the whole police process. Mm. And the fact that even if there is DNA, there's only so much that they can do. There's only so many, I feel like, internally there must be a amount of time where they're like okay we've spent this many hours on it we have to close the case and move on to other cases yeah. i feel like there must be that those kind of discussions because the disappointment of them saying to her we've done all we can do this is it this is yeah. the end of the road for this now we're going to give you back all your things it just must be heartbreaking yeah. and to know that so many people the majority of people don't even get to that the majority of people don't even report it oh my god guys what did you think of theo Thea was the white girl that lied that the yes. like she was the head of the support group. Oh, when she lied that that black guy raped her Ooh. because raped her at knife her. point. Okay, yeah, her character I is just not sitting well with me. Okay, I I have to understand or trust Arabella and Theo's relationship in the sense that I have to trust that Theo has grown from that she clearly did experience abuse because she was mm. messaging someone she was sneaking in in the house so she was clearly doing oh, goodness knows what I feel like the attitude of the boys in that school was seeing her as a scare and someone to be used and like as like a rite of passage to go sleep with her and take photos mm. so I can understand how someone who's felt violated by that the fact that she it was such a routine thing for her imagine being that young someone has sex with you you notice that they're only having sex with you so that they can film it or take pictures you stop you have a minor freak out and then you bend back over again I just thought that was so sad but I thought that was her first time having sex because she was bleeding so much she cut, no, she herself, cut herself to bleed the mm. oh she, she cut, cut herself, cut herself. To bleed. he had told her that the reason that he wanted to take photos was because other boys had taken photos of her and I think that was the first time that she had heard that all of those boys that, that other done that guys with, were doing that right, mm, right to her and right. sharing photos of her so i can understand her hurt we also don't know what was going on At like home. her like mm -hmm. the fact that her mum made her lie it's either her mum made her lie about her dad being sexually abusive or that actually was oh, she case. actually was yeah yeah we just would never know and we saw we saw her sneaking into the route into the, her house right bright and early in the morning who knows what she was doing she was texting a man yeah. Who knows how old that person was? I feel like yeah. she seemed to me like the kind of girl who fell through the cracks and got passed around by men. And yeah. as wrong as it was, it is definitely, definitely wrong what she did. I think that she wanted some payback, some revenge. In some form, yeah. But do you really believe that they hired black people to get more, like they would? she would get more money for referring black people? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100% because that's probably a market that they as a brand weren't reaching so they were like mm. if we have a black spokesperson there we go mm. and that's I feel like that's done a lot yeah that does happen a lot doesn't it and you also have to remember that we don't actually see all of their support group meeting mm. we only see, catch the end or the very beginning 
So we don't know what kind of things that they've been discussing that made Arabella decide that after all of these years and after knowing this about that person, I'm going to trust her. I'm going to trust her, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why her character... I think it's just finding out that she didn't she didn't do the right thing at the beginning. But you're right. Who knows what her background is, what she was going through at the time. I feel like Michaela has given every single character a grey area. Like mm. every single oh, character yeah. is grey. Nobody is black and white. Yes, because real people, Nobody. no one's good or bad. Like in TV no shows one. that you see. People no have one. got different aspects to them. And yeah. It's a very, very real show. That That is something you can definitely say about it. It's a very, very real show. I feel like we've covered like every single character from there. We or, did, like, didn't the... we? <laughs> because it's so rich. We were like, oh, we have to, like, in order to understand and like do a deep dive of the show, you kind of have to, they all touch on each other. Yes, it's like a domino. Everyone kind of has a central story, don't they? And then they all kind of merge into one. The only person that I was like, what the fuck with was Biagio. Yeah. I got the impression that he was standoffish at the beginning when he wasn't that lovey-dovey with her mm. or kissy with her. And he said, I'll message you whenever when she left Italy the first time. But the way that he treated her, like I can understand being scared that someone has broken into your apartment. Oh, that scene. All she wanted was for him to open the door and say, I'm sorry, this is not working out. Can you please go? And mm. he just wouldn't give her that. He waited until she had a mental breakdown on his doorstep and then pulled a gun on her and told her to go. I didn't understand why she felt like she wanted to go back to him, like, even after the stuff he had said. I've heard people say that the reason that she wanted to go back to Italy, back to him, was because when she was with him, it was before anything had happened. Mm. So it's like she wanted to go back to the place before everything got bad and messy back to when she was just having fun with this guy that she met in Spain, in Italy, sorry. Mm, she's romanticising their relationship, forgetting the bad things he said. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely did. She definitely did. Another show that we've watched, which is a bit of a throwback, but I feel like it's definitely one that we would recommend, is Modern Love. Yes. So Modern Love is an American romantic comedy anthology type series and it is based on the columns the weekly columns that are published by the new york times and they are on amazon video if you want to go and watch them uh, so what did you guys think brilliant i loved it i'm not honestly i'm not a romantic comedy type of person i like shows about like drug trafficking all that type of stuff cocaina love them shows you know this mm. is a completely different vibe for me but i was hooked from episode one I was crying throughout the whole thing. Loved it. Wow. Which was your favourite episode? This is really hard for me to say because obviously with modern love, like the good thing about it is the word modern, like it's all different types of love, love that you've not mm. thought about. So I really loved the doorman episode because of yeah. that's not like, that's not sexual love. It's not like family love. That is just love, love. That's love in its purest form. Mm. Like, honestly the way that relationship is so unique like imagine your doorman this is not someone that you need to actually get to know that sounds so yeah. rude but you know what I mean it's not someone that you would actually get to know but they've got this yeah you just someone connection. you just see every day yeah 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 and for them to establish this strong connection wow like that yeah that one's one of my favorites I really liked the Anne Hathaway episode that was such yeah. just an interesting take like they delved into mental health but it was 
yeah, it was just so different. I've never thought how having she had bipolar, didn't she? Yeah. How how that would be when it in, when it comes to the world of dating, how that would be, and how yes, you're you're di- you feel different on different days, and how like people you're dating can perceive you differently on different days. Like that was amazing. Like yeah, there's so many. I can't even tell you which one was my favorite. Like there's loads I loved. The Dev Patel one I loved as well. That was just like a romance romance mm. episode. That one. But yeah, what about you guys? What yeah, you guys it was, like? wasn't it? Yeah. My favourites, again, were the... Um, I'm going to find the actual names. When the Doorman is Your Main Man, which was about Guzmin. Um, just, I loved the way that he cared for her. And even when she didn't, like, get dating right and she ended up pregnant and she was like, I'm going to do this on my own. Just the... They say that it takes, like, a village to raise, a, like, a child. Mm. And even in a a city like New York, she found a village. Even though she was there by herself, she found a village in this doorman and in the support that he gave her. And that was just, again, as you were saying, it's someone that you don't necessarily need to talk to. You don't need to have those kind of conversations with someone. But I just, that was so beautiful. And the same again, take me as I am, whoever I am, which was the Anne Hathaway one. We definitely recommend actually reading the articles so we will probably link them in the description below so that you can read the corresponding articles to the episodes. Viv, what were your favourites? I agree with you guys, but I also really loved the final episode, episode eight about old love, because I don't know, when you get to an older age, you just have this idea that everything is grey and dreary and boring and not exciting. Because that's something I think about a lot. Like, I think about what would my life look like at 80? Would I be still vibrant with energy or would I be, you know, stuck in a chair somewhere? And it was just really nice to see some uplifting type of love, but in in the older generation because that's not something that's explored much on tv and I just I appreciated how every single story kind of had an arc and they all came together that bit at the end I cried so hard V my my eyes were red I said this this is not on brand as Melissa would say (laughs) this is just not it okay I can't be weeping this way it's not okay it's just yeah but it was brilliant I also highly, 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 highly recommend the podcast. It is probably one of the best podcasts that I have actually listened to. I've explored so many other stories aside from the one that they did on Modern Love, the TV series, that are just brilliantly written, well read out. And just the way they explore it on the podcast, like they actually bring the people on so you meet the real life people that the stories are about and where their lives are at at the moment. One episode that I keep going back to is when when a couch is more than a couch. And it's quite a sad one. It's basically about this lady that has cancer. And the arc of the letter is basically trying to buy a couch. And she's trying to decide what would this couch look like? Does she want it to be leather? Does it want it to be upholstery? Does she want it to be like a wacky colour? And she's asking her sons, um what kind of couch do they think that she should get and they're telling her oh but mommy you know we would want it to not tear because we want to jump around she's like oh I didn't think of that and she's trying to wrestle with this idea of kind of living through the couch because she's obviously going she's gonna die she has terminal cancer and she's thinking do I want to spend so much money on a couch or is it better to give it to my children or put it into savings and it's just exploring love 
before death, but she's also contemplating mm. what love would look like after death for her husband. And it's 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 a story that I didn't expect to take the turn that I did because the title was When a Couch is More Than Just a Couch. You don't think it's going to be about cancer and death, but I just really appreciated the way that she kind of delved into what dying feels like. I know it's quite dark, but <laughs> in the end, they mm. bring on her husband and they speak to her husband prior to her dying she connected her husband with a lady whose husband died also very young from cancer and now they're like dating to be married so yeah we would have never known just by reading the letter and then I think another one that I really enjoyed recently was about loving someone that speaks a different language to you I think I heard this one about how she didn't realize how much he loved her because she couldn't speak. Was it Farsi? Yeah. She couldn't speak Farsi. So so her, basically all of the Farsi she knew was like that of a child. So mm-hmm. she couldn't grasp the language that he was using to express his love for her. Yeah. She would only pick out bits and pieces. So she would read a poem that he's written to her and be like, rose, flower, wet, smile. And she'd be like, oh, that's sweet. But she didn't get the yeah. full body of how, she didn't realize how smart he was yeah, she in Farsi. Did. She didn't. And she just didn't understand. Cause you know, there's just language. The way we, the way you express yourself in language is very, very different. And if you're learning a lang- if you're learning English as an outsider, there are little nuances that we use. There are little ways that we speak that people just think. Like if you're saying to someone, "Oh, you're buff in it," if you're not mm. British, if you're not London, you're not really gonna get what that means. You just think, "Why is she using that weird way to describe <laughs> me?" Or if you're saying, "Oh, we don't have good banter," you're like, "What the hell does banter yeah, even mean? Like, what is that?" But it's just the little ways that we speak, or the fact that you know sometimes you can be a bit abusive like you know when Leah Leah will say to me oh you're so stupid when we're talking about something but I don't take it like it's lovely do you know what I mean it's like oh mm. you're so you so you don't even use your time properly it's like little little things like that but you don't see it as negative but if you're someone whose language that's your second language you'll take that very offensively which is what she did when she was um dating this guy and it was just really interesting because that's something that I've never I've never thought of like dating someone with a different language. How does those little nuances play into how you love that person? So yeah, modern love is a brilliant concept, um, TV column and podcast as well. It is. And I'm just thinking about like some of the episodes that really stood out to me. The one about the gay couple adopting the baby from that homeless lady. (gasps) Oh yeah. That was a good one as well. I felt like that was such a leap of faith to know that, yes, we've agreed to adopt your baby, to let that lady go off into the world, knowing that she cho- that she's choosing to be homeless and is in probably really risky situations. So just to know that you're welcoming home a child and then to just open the door and let the mother of that child just go off, wander away, then come back, pop in, see, hi, the baby's still growing, and then wander off again. It must be so... It must have been just so difficult for them and difficult for the mother. Just, yeah, mm. it must have been so distressing. I don't remember that episode. Did they get the baby in the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she gives the baby to them in the end. Yeah. But just them having to hold their breath throughout the whole pregnancy mm. to be like, is she actually going to come back? Because she's such a, a free spirit of a person. Mm. Yeah, that episode was a good one. They just have so many little gems. What other episode? Oh, the old married couple. Oh, I didn't like that one that much. 
I just can't. Is it the out. Tina Fey John Slattery one? Yeah. Where they're playing tennis. Where they're playing tennis. You were saying earlier that you may not like it because you're not married. Yeah, like I don't get it. I'm not in a like failing marriage. <laughs> That's fair enough. I was That's like, fair enough. Just like, not for me. <laughs> yeah, not for me. Sorry, I don't understand. Sorry. <laughs> I think they just fell out of sync. Mm. Like they just stopped making each other a priority. But I really appreciated the fact that it wasn't it wasn't easy for them to get back together. They were they were planning on divorcing. Yeah. But they somehow managed to turn it around. I think what I liked about it was just the fact that they needed to speak. They they just had to talk. Mm. They just had to talk. This whole time, go to therapy, all of that. She just had to say, You're annoying and you don't make me a priority. Like that's mm. literally that was literally it. There's so much that people must keep inside. It literally yeah. took, like you were, like you just said, they went to therapy. They've been going to therapy for months, probably for years. And it literally just took her being there in the restaurant, like, you fucking piece of shit. Why don't you look at me like that? Why don't you uh-huh. invite me to things? Why don't you do da da da? And just spewing on him for him to be like, oh, that's what you want. Sorry, that's I That's what you that. want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of them that I found really interesting was when Cupid is the prying journalist, where um, the journalist goes to Dev Patel's character, who is like the guy who creates Tinder or, or like whatever dating app it is that's being featured in this episode or, or article. And so the episode starts with Dev's character, Joshua, finding out that his girlfriend cheated on him. He breaks up with his girlfriend. Then he goes off and develops this dating app, becomes super, super successful. And then when this journalist comes in to write a piece about him, he talks about this long lost love and the long lost love finds the article and then they get back together. But that's that's not even the main story. The main story is about the actual journalist, journalist. Julie, mm. who way back when like had this romance far away and just spent her whole life thinking about this guy while she got married had kids and then to just bump into this guy again like just there's the layers in that story in and of itself but just there must be so many people that have had someone in their past that they just fantasize about in the back of their mind while they go through their marriages while they go through raising their children and they wonder like they must constantly wonder what would actually happen if we bump into them Nah, Lord, please, that like that can never be me. Please, <laughs> never. No. Are you mad? Imagine finding out your husband's out here fantasizing about some woman from 20 years ago. No. And I know that won't be me because, yeah, when I end things, I end things. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> A woman with principles. Learn, Vivian. No. Okay? I'm not saying I love about... how you're speaking to yourself so. <laughs> Like, yes, no, learn, Viv, okay? <laughs> like, are you mad? No. I think what it is, is that idea that you don't always marry the love of your life. Mm. And Viviana's like, no, whoever marries me, I am the love of their life, okay? But I think I think that's what they were trying to explore, this idea that you don't marry the love of your life. And there is a small part of you that does think, what would life look like if I'm with them now? What would life look like? Would we have the perfect marriage? And they did explore that. And they, they both, I think, kind of decided, oh, no, this wouldn't Yeah, really they both decided work. they weren't going to be with each other. Julie decided to divorce her husband. And the guy decided husband, to yeah. reinvigorate what he had with his wife. Yeah, just by them finally getting closure on that chapter. I'm not getting closure on anything. Twenty years down the line, are you mad? Twenty years closure. 
<laughs> no, I sort my things out straight away, please. You sort your things. This is an efficient woman, okay? Vivian, learn no. from experience. And if you're with someone, no, if you're with someone else, you dated someone new, and you're sitting there thinking about old man. That's when you know this new person that ain't for you, or you're not ready yet. True. Mm. I like the story though; it was cute. But yeah, how did you guys feel about that episode where that guy cut himself on the date? Like, wasn't it like a, he was trying to be cute with this girl because he never would have thought this girl would ever be interested in him? Oh, when they went home, they went home. They were about to have sex, and I think he broke a glass, fell on the glass, and it like punctured an artery or whatnot. And then they're just in the hospital. Like that's just a bad day. That was the weirdest relationship. <laughs> yeah. No, I felt like that wasn't like a very impactful yeah, episode. It was. Like, I was. Yeah. I was there worried about that. I was like, how's this girl walking around with blood on her dress all day? Like, <laughs> it was yeah. forgetful. The only thing that really stood out to me was the fact that he spent a big chunk of um, the episode feeling like he wasn't worthy of someone as beautiful as her because everyone was just always looking at her and admiring her. For him to realise at the end that she, the reason people were always looking at her was because she was looking at them because she was inviting that attention. Like she, the reason why guys were looking at her like that is because she was eye fucking them when he wasn't looking. Mm. <laughs> and I just thought, imagine needing that much validation, that much. But then I suppose when you're beautiful and you've been praised for being beautiful, that must that must wear thin at a certain point, and you must need something else to take its place to keep that buzz. Yeah, at some point you need more substance, don't you? Oh, what did you think about um the older man and the young girl's relationship? Mm. That one. I was watching it so closely. Like, what is going on here? Like, what am I watching? Like, what is the point of this one? <laughs> it was bizarre. Yeah, that one was bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fact that I'm like, with this girl, how did you not know what you were doing? The fact that when he tries to kiss her, she's like, ew. But you literally spent the whole time being like, he has a belly like my dad. His hair is like my dad. He wants me to go to dinner with him. No, didn't she pursue him? She was like, she did. like She pursued like they- him, yeah. And they're surprised he wanted to whip his dick out. It's like, girl, <laughs> where did you think this she was going to end? <laughs> she let him plunge her poo. Like, she let that happen. Did you? Remember the scene where he was at her house yeah, yeah, yeah. like sis. I mean, you are allowed to have relationships. That wasn't a relationship. Vivian, she literally spent most of the time narrating saying, He has a belly like my dad, he has hair like my dad, he, like he reads my books like my dad, he does this like my dad. It was like No, what? but does that mean that she wanted a relationship with him? I'm playing devil's advocate here. Does that mean that she wanted a relationship? No, with him? so necessarily like that doesn't mean she necessarily wants a relationship with him, but she needs to let him know know that really. Mm. They both need to be aware of Does what she? this is. I think you can't be cuddling in a grown man's bed. Mm. Yeah, they needed to define what it was because she was basically trying to replace her father with him, but he mm. thought mm. that she actually fancied him. That which was the problem. She had to define it. So yeah, she was um, trying to heal her pain through him. But he also knew something wasn't right about it because remember when they were at the zoo and they ran into his daughter and he tries to like pull her away. Like clearly he's not hundred percent okay with whatever's going on. Yeah. But but maybe it's because he was having sexual feelings about her, so he was like, "Oh, I shouldn't be dating this girl who is like the same age as my daughter." If he knew that their relationship was platonic, 
oh, she was even younger. If she, if he mm. knew in his heart that it was platonic, he should have just introduced her. No, like, oh, look, this is Mary. I don't remember her name. And yeah, we we like to hang out at the zoo. The way that she infantilized herself made me so uncomfortable because I it knew that he would yeah. see it as a sexual thing. Yeah. Why? Oof. Ew. Is it not necessarily her infantilization, but her constantly being like, I need you to help me with this mm. type thing. Yeah. Mismash. A whole mess. Oh. Girl, get therapy. Just, it's not <laughs> Leave the man alone, okay? My friend was like, yeah, get it, girl. Why can't you fancy him? I was like, friend. <laughs> exactly. Me. <Excuse> me friend. <laughs> this is not good advice. Leave that man alone. That's the advice you should be giving her. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> that was bad advice okay. it was terrible advice mm. if there's anything that we have learnt from modern love and from I May Destroy is that some people, some of your friends can't be trusted yeah, don't listen to everything some of your friends mm-mm. I May Destroy You especially made me realise nah who do I have in my circle <laughs> like nah <laughs> yeah like, no, they did her so wrong. Some people need to be demoted to acquaintance. Some like, people need mm-mm. to be demoted so quickly. Well, not in my mm, circle. Not I everyone think, but like, I was watching us thinking, nah, these people are not your friends. Nah, nah, mm. nah, nah, nah. You can't even rely on them on a night out. What the hell? That is the that's the lowest of the low. <laughs> that's the minimum requirement. Like very minimal. Literally, yeah. it's so basic. Just look after me on a night out. Ah, nah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was bad. That was really, really bad. What other shows have you guys been enjoying? Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, so good. So, so good. Where have you gotten up to, Vivian? I finished. Uh, well, I finished it. Oh, sorry, I'm Viviana. I know, I know Viviana, because you're a good girl. <laughs> Viviana, a little backstory. I was supposed to watch Little Fires Everywhere from like a month ago. And Mm -hmm. somehow my life has just spiraled and I just have not had time for my favorite activity, which is watching TV. Um, (laughs) But no, I've just I've just finished episode one. (laughs) I've finished episode one. Yeah, I know all the characters. I I I I, I don't know. I know that the house burnt down. I know that Izzy is a problem child, apparently, but I don't see why yet. And I know that the mum, Elena, Reese Witherspoon's character is like the ultimate white woman. (laughs) (laughs) You know when they're like designing a white woman character, that is Reese Witherspoon, like Reese Witherspoon's character. Through that's what that is Elena. Literally, that is yeah, Elena. That's it. And I know that they're rich, and she's a journalist for a small time newspaper. So what what happens? <laughs> no, but h- how do you feel about my main issue is if you have money available, why let you and your daughter live in a car in poverty, then cash it in? So it's different in me as case, I think, because, OK, yes, it's money, but it means a lot to her, you know. Yeah. And the life that her and her daughter have, like it's fine like it's I don't think they were ever like homeless on the streets type of thing because look they've been able to rent out this place it's not like they were ever homeless 
It's just that it wasn't like lavish. Living in a car is homeless. They were homeless for an episode. Like <laughs> no, no, no. They mentioned sleeping in the car before. Ooh. Yeah, like moving around and always sleeping in the car. Yeah, they mentioned it. Okay, another thing about little fires everywhere. Every single character is grey. Again, yeah, they're all terrible. Again, people, mm. all terrible people. But you understand why they're terrible. Like Elena, she is a suburban mum who gave up the chance to go to New York City and pursue a journalism career there to get a boyfriend, get married, settle down in her hometown. And she regrets that choice. I I feel like it's evident in how much of her happiness or how much of her time is spent looking outwards to other people rather than focusing on her own life. Mm. And it's also evident in when she called up her ex-boyfriend and he initially went along with it, but then he realized, you're a selfish selfish so-and-so to come and upend my life in new york now that i'm a new york times journalist bitch (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad i made it bitch (laughs) but at the same time she wants to do good like she wants to help like fair enough it was it's partly white guilt that's doing the helping because at the very beginning elena like you've seen in the first episode she calls the police and she's like there's this family that are living in a car and then to find out when they come to view the property that she called the police on that same family that's looking for a home. You know, that's I'm like, ultimate white woman. Just to let you know, I would hate for something to happen. Sis, what has really happened on this street that you people live mm. on? <laughs> mm. And it's an African-American black woman or whatever she was saying. She's just, yeah, ultimate. It reminds me of these tweets and stuff that I've been seeing about how in America possibly even in the UK, how they criminalise poverty. Mm. And they say that they can't criminalise homelessness, mm. but they criminalise activities associated with homelessness, like living in your car. Yeah. Like vagrancy. Mm. So like they can't necessarily put you in jail for being homeless, but they're like, okay, these things that homeless people do, we can attack you and prosecute for these things. Mm. So that was a, a really shitty thing that Elena did. But she, in her, in Elena's mind, she's trying to be good. So she's like, okay, I'll give you a discount on the rent a a big discount okay yes i'll give you a a free pass on having to mow the loan for mow the lawn for a bit blah 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 so she felt like and she offered her a job as a maid i thought that was rude i thought that was rude as well and she said oh you're an artist like a job i thought it was one of those hobbies like a microbiologist bitch Mm. a microbiology is a job (laughs) i was like this is rude because i'm a real chemist (laughs) like don't do that to my job don't do that (laughs) don't do that (laughs) Yes, I, Elena's character why is she Nancy Drew why is she a lawyer why is she trying to involve herself in every little in thing in everything okay, okay in Elena's defense the moment that she found out that Mia lied about her identity and Mia is in her house with her children I understood why she became Nancy Drew because who is Nancy this woman Drew that's feeding that. my children who is yeah she was but who is this woman that's feeding my children who is this woman that's in this house that's lying about her identity, that's lied about her previous rental places, that's lied about her references? Who are you and what are you putting in my children's brownies? Mm. Um, Let me tell you about Elena, what I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) There's this whole case. So within the the story, there's a case where this lady, um, she's Mia's friend. She's... She's lost her baby. Well, she left her baby, sorry, because she couldn't look after her because she was she was too poor. She was an immigrant from China. Left her baby with 
at the fire station, I think it was, her baby mm-hmm. was found and, and a, was in the process of being adopted by this rich white family who happens to be Elena's best friend, right? Mm-hmm. So Mia is out here. Okay, Mia has her own Nancy Drew moment and she finds the baby and lets Bibi know that your baby's at this this house. And then Mia, and then Bibi obviously reacts like any na- normal woman would do. And she went to the place where her baby was at and literally tried to go take her baby back. And they go through this whole court proceeding and everything. But Elena feels the need to play lawyer and witness tamper. First of all, she like, yeah, so first of all, she offers Bibi some money and it's like, um, how about you take this money? You never come back. You know how much it was? $10,000, $10,000 to have you, can I have your baby? Mm-hmm. And she also like when the court when the case carries on, she tries to witness tamper. She goes to Mia, well, you don't go on the stand, and then I won't reveal this information about you. Like that woman, she's very. I think she's very self righteous. She's very entitled. And I feel like the last episode, I loved when Bill, her husband, tore into her and was like, "Look, you're over here pointing fingers at Mia and Pearl and saying they've caused all of this to happen when really you're the common denominator here." Mm. which was true bill is another man he bill should have spoken the fuck up a lot fucking sooner mm. <laughs> the fact that bill knew about izzy mm. and like basically izzy's a lesbian the fact that bill knew about izzy being a lesbian so um izzy gets bullied a lot by this girl um and people don't know why but it turns out that her and that girl kissed and because they were in a relationship for months and months and months. So when they, but when they were caught kissing, the other girl claimed that Izzy was like being weird and icky and tried to kiss her and was a lesbian. So it was like making, was bullying her for that. So the dad found out about this and found out the whole situation from Izzy because they have a, a, a closer relationship. And instead of being like, okay, I'm going to go explain everything to your mom. He just kept everything hidden and just sat there eating his meatloaf and mm. roast beef or whatnot while... Elena was constantly tearing into Izzy about her clothes, about the way that she looks, about the way that she dresses, about the way that she talks, about everything. Literally just interrogating Izzy and and tearing her apart piece by piece. And he literally just sat there minding his own business. Like, I can't imagine how, like he wanted a quiet life that much that he was willing to throw his daughter under the bus Mm. and allow her to go through all of this bullshit for years. Why I don't like him is the fact that, um, so they do a flashback episode where, so they've only got three kids, Elena and Bill, and then Elena gets pregnant with the fourth one and she like spins out and she's considering having an abortion and all that. But Bill convinces her to keep the fourth child, who's Izzy, obviously. And the fact that he's like, three isn't that different to four. Let's keep, you know what I mean? Let's keep this, like, I'll support you. And he does nothing of the sort, like he just carries on as is. So it makes sense why Izzy, well, why Elena is the way she is to Izzy. But again, it's not really something that I condone. I still don't, I still don't have with Elena, but I get, I get. Mm. <laughs> so she, she basically hates the child. Yeah. 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 Because she, I think yeah. for some reason she thinks Izzy's the reason why she didn't get her big journalist break because she had to like. Look after step a fourth away child. From work again and look mm. after a fourth child and do all this on her own. So I think she blamed her life failings on her daughter, which is ridiculous. And also, like, her family, she thinks they're all perfect. Let's go through her children, please. (laughs) Starting with the eldest. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Okay, the eldest son is called Trip. Trip. The jock. To be fair, like, he 
probably is my favorite one of all of the of the kids. What? Yeah, I'll Izzy is why. my favorite of oh, all of the characters. Sorry, I forgot Izzy. Yeah, yeah, Izzy. <laughs> Izzy's my I meant of the three other kids. Like he's my favorite because he's not that problematic. Because he's a bit of a like mm. jock, sleeps around with people in the school, whatever. But when it comes to like him and Pearl's relationship, like he's 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 nothing but good to her, and also he like mm. defends Mia when it comes to Pearl hating Mia. But like, yeah. I've got no problem with Trip. I think he's he's good. Plus, he defends Pearl against Moody. What do you think about Moody? Speaking of Moody, okay, Moody. Mm. I initially was like, "Ah, oh, Moody, why Pearl? Why won't you be with Moody?" Because the reason why they were even more enmeshed as a family was because Moody, in like, bought Pearl a bike. Mm. Moody was like, come hang out at our house. So Moody really brought her into the fold. So I can understand why he feels betrayed that that Pearl would choose to spend time with the more popular of his siblings being Lexi and Trip. Mm. Like I can understand why Moody would be upset by that. And I also did feel bad when Pearl clearly knew that Moody had a thing for her. No boy just buys you a bicycle. That doesn't happen. Whatever. It doesn't mean she has to be with him. People yeah, I know, I know, I know I'm, saying. I'm saying, but she knew that he liked him and she didn't shut it down. She just acted like nothing happened and then went to go and have sex with his brother. But how would she have shut it down? I don't know. Just like just... not accept the bike? I think in the end, her mum made her return the bike just because her mum made her a bike. But I don't know. I just felt I just felt a bit icky about how she allowed herself to go into this family through Moody and then just stopped talking to him immediately and went to go fuck his brother. See, that was a bit sus. I see it the other way around, you know, because I think Moody and Pearl were friends, right? Mm. yeah from what i see yeah as a friend like yeah and then i don't know i think he felt like he owned her i think of him as a budding incel you know yeah like izzy was very very clear about that izzy was like it doesn't matter that you're nice she doesn't belong to you she can do whatever she wants i think he's such a like nice guy character that he's like well i've brought you in i've done this like sorry you don't own her and just little things like obviously when she wanted to change her maths class like why was he so like but upset we, about but, that but we do that class together like if you cared about this girl so much like you should be like yeah actually this is a problem for you let's figure this out having mentioned that math class one of the points about elena is that when it comes to her kids she is heavily heavily involved mm. where mia is very very absent mm. and mia basically wants pearl to raise herself that's the way i see it okay. so pearl goes to school and because she's been traveling around a lot she's not able to get into the classes that she wants like even though she has the grades in her transcripts they want her to put they want to put her in a lower class just to see how that she'll do so she goes and tells Mia and Mia's like oh you you know what to do you'll figure it out and she goes and she tells Elena and Elena's like let me write a strongly worded letter let me go speak to the counsellor and within a day just like that Pearl is in the class that she needs to be in mm. so I could I appreciate that level of involvement slash suffocation depending on the child <laughs> Because I feel like, from what from how I felt, Mia was the perfect parent for Izzy, and Elena yeah. was the perfect parent for Pearl. Yeah, but that nice guy narrative is real, isn't it? Because it's like it even in real life, that nice guy narrative is real. Somebody is nice to you; they're kind to you, and mm. you feel some type of way basically telling them I don't like you you feel some type of way moving on with your life but being nice is not enough 
even to be no. your friend, being nice no. is, is just not enough. There's so many more things that goes into being a friend, being in a relationship, sleeping with someone. Like you can't just be nice to me and then expect to own me. And I feel like a lot of nice guys have that mentality because of this mm. kind of things that are perpetuated on social media is like oh yeah guys are trash and all of these things that when you just have a bit of normal character you think you can just behave anyhow (laughs) exactly this is the thing and what was the first thing he said when he found out about pearl and his brother he called her a slut that's your friend of course he did you you like just to show you he's not nice and he's not nice yeah all a character (laughs) it's all a character and it's like, you should be nice even when they don't like you. You should be nice just as a bare minimum mm. for human de- I feel like the bar for men is just so low. It's, so, so it's low. in the gutter, Leah. It's just in the gutter. <laughs> we need to ask more of men, okay? <laughs> okay. The other problematic of, of Elena's children is Lexi. Oh. So now Lexi is that popular cheerleader girl, blonde, like of her time and has a black boyfriend I feel like she has a black boyfriend just because he's popular and good at sports and it makes her a more it makes her more accent as a personality trait round character Mm. but she doesn't really appreciate his blackness so basically the letter that Pearl like that Elena encouraged Pearl to write about um her position about being discriminated against in her math class Lexi takes that letter because she wants to get into, is it Stanford University? An Ivy League university. She wants to get into that university and they ask her to talk about an obstacle that she's overcome. She has no obstacles. Mm. She's had no obstacles. She's had to, she's never had to struggle in her whole life. So she takes Pearl's letter and basically makes a feminist manifesto talking about how she's been discriminated against from certain classes because she's a woman. And when Lexi's black boyfriend finds out about this, that does not sit well with him. That she's taking from the negative experience of a black woman to benefit herself. Mm. And she does that throughout when she goes to off to get her abortion. Mm. And whose name does she put down on the records? Pearls. Mm. And she asked Pearl to pick her up as well afterwards. Like, what is wrong with you? And asked to stay at Pearl's house. Like, sis. Yeah. Like, you, you are not her friend. One thing I really, really did appreciate about Mia in that moment was that Mia was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Mia, Mia was not, Mia was as cordial as she needed to be to Lexi in that moment, but she was not condoning her behavior. She was like, you need to think about what it is that you've done. You need to think about the way that you treat people. And Mia also was very, very clear to Pearl that these white kids can do whatever the fuck they want. They can go break into junkyards to have secret locations and secret hideouts. You cannot. Because when they call the police, you're going to be treated very, very differently. And she, she, said, to, to, she said to Pearl, these friends are going to disappoint you. And they did. Imagine finding out someone you someone has asked for your help to come and look after them after they've had an abortion and then to find out that they put your name down on the records. She was she is a mini Elena, that one. And she was so blind to it until her boyfriend broke up with her and was like, You don't see me as a black man. You mm. just Yeah. At least he recognized his blackness. It took him a long time though. Took him literally the whole season. Oh, he kept great. <laughs> he would bring something up and then instead of like also instead of talking to Pearl about it, he talked to Lexi about it and then go over to Pearl and just be like, You're right. 
and think mm. he learns something just by talking to her. And I'm like, sir, like, can you just tell her what the issue is? And like, mm. yeah. Okay, that boy, that boyfriend, again, great area because he knew that he wasn't necessarily into into Lexi like that anymore. He still had sex with her in the back of a limo, mm. took her virginity, mm. and ended up getting her pregnant. So, <laughs> grey areas everywhere. And finally, we have the character. Okay, we have Bibi, who obviously we completely understand. She was in a desperate position when she gave up the baby. We understand that. The friends relationship, that was pretty black and white. We understand they were desperate. They tried for years and years and years to have kids. While all of their friends were having kids, they were having miscarriages. And then eventually they're able to adopt this baby and they want to keep the baby. We understand. Mia. What the fuck? is up with Mia. Um, so to pay for university, Mia went to this couple, or, or, or rather this couple, Jesse Williams found her on a train and said, you look just like my wife. We're struggling to have a baby. Could you be our surrogate? Could you donate an egg and be our surrogate? So she agrees. So she ends up having Jesse Williams sperm inside of her. She gets pregnant. And instead of going through with the agreement, keeping in mind these people paid for her final year of university, she was sleeping with a professor who was a, a famous artist. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Isn't that, that like the rumours about art, sto- art schools that they all sleep with each other anyway? Yeah. <laughs> so she, she tells this couple who have paid for her final year of, of university, she tells them that the baby has died. Fair enough, her own brother died and she was coping with that. She tells him the baby has died and she runs off with the baby. And so basically she has this photograph in her possession which her famous artist girlfriend took of her, pregnant, that's worth like $400,000 or something like that. And all the while, while her and Pearl are pinching pennies and sleeping in cars, she could have sold that photo, but she sells that photo to pay for BB Chow's legal fees, which Pearl blows up about. I just feel like Mia is all over the place. And it's, she's very, very self-centered and very, very much about protecting herself. If you're willing to get uncomfortable and have your secret of having kept this child potentially enter this world to pay for BB's legal fees, why could you not have that to provide comfort and stability for your own child? Yeah, she's messed up. Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, remember she did commit a crime and her releasing this photo for all these, but keeping it, for all these years was just to protect herself protect herself from getting arrested why she's released it now I think again is it is another selfish motive because she sees BB in herself mm. and she's trying to be like so her argument is that the baby re- re- belongs to the well the woman that gave birth to it basically so that's why she wants to fight BB's corner and obviously when she did sell it she even said like no press it was just a like money thing it is very, very questionable that she didn't do that for Pearl. But then again, I get the whole, she, maybe she didn't want stability for Pearl because maybe if they stayed in one place, she's more likely to be found. To be mm. found, yeah. But but then the, the whole time Pearl is asking, who is my father? Who is my father? So to know who Pearl's father is, it just, oh, it was so messy to me. To know that Pearl could have, when Pearl realized, okay, first of all, we could have had this money and I could have had a stable life where I wasn't constantly having to make friends every six months because we can't afford to live somewhere where we're getting evicted, where we're having to count pennies. I could have had a different life to that. And then for Pearl to realize that I could have lived with this couple in America, in New York, who are stable, who desperately wanted me so much that they paid you to have me. 
Yeah, but that couple isn't Mia, you know? That's not the one you know. I feel like if I was, I'm trying to think of a way that it could, that she could rectify the situation. And it's like, she could go to at least have Pearl have a connection with her dad because Pearl doesn't have a biological connection to that woman. Mm. She is Mia's like biological baby. So I feel like Pearl could at least, I don't know. In the end, they decide to just continue living their life that they're living. And I'm assuming that they're going to go wreak havoc in another town. <laughs> wow, we've done a dive of all these shows. Mm, honestly. <laughs> but just, what did you think about the ending? Because the way that all of those kids, all of Elena's kids came together and were like, you can't treat Izzy like that. You can't treat us like that. We're not puppets. I loved it because it was the one who thought she had a perfect life. It was like, look, look at all your kids. They're all they're all a mess. You've got Lexi, who's problematic in herself. Trip's fine. Like Trip, I don't mind. You've got a budding <laughs> incel guy. What's his name? Moody. Moody. And then you've got Izzy, who's like, to be fair, she she is right, but it's just the fact that she's in this environment where she feels like she's wrong in school, wrong at home. But like, yeah, I think she deserved it. I don't mm. like Elena's character. I love Reese Witherspoon and I love how she plays these characters so well. Yeah. She is so she good at even in Big Little Lives, like she does such a good job. Like And the fact that she's created all of these jobs, all of these opportunities mm. for these people. It's amazing. From her legally blonde days, she's she's just mm-hmm. Honestly, the growth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm looking forward to watching it despite knowing what happens yeah <laughs> yeah you know some of the big things but you don't know how it ends yet no we've not meant we've not spoiled how it ends you know some of it but you don't know the nuances of all the journeys Ooh. you don't know how no I Elena ends up in yeah. contact with her boy with that boy from the past you don't know how all of the pieces we've just talked about bits and pieces you don't know how they all mesh mm. into each other but there's little bits that I, because mm, I started watching it yeah. second time around that I didn't pick up before like there's an instance where Bibi's trying to buy milk for her baby and mm. he's what 70 cents short and they like basically like shout at her tell her to get out of the store she can't have this this milk for mm. her baby and then izzy at the same time gets on a bus and she's 70 cents short and they're like oh go ahead like mm. that 70 cents doesn't mean much now it's like 70 cents doesn't mean much when you're white. yeah when yeah exactly that's the thing and there's a time where um you know elena calls about Mia and pearl being in the car and the, the police like basically tell him to like leave, but then there's a moment where Elena's asleep in her car, and the police just knock on her window to check if she's okay. Yeah, there's loads of just little things like that that are just hidden in this show, which are like great. It's it's it is really good. It's very much like a lot of microaggression going on. I just I honestly love all of the grey. I love the fact that with every single character, I understand why they do what they do. Mm. But I'm like, you are all a bunch of messy. <laughs> messy messy people you've been so good and comfortable mm. I like the chat you know yeah. <laughs> no it's great we'll definitely have you back on definitely anytime I've got a lot of opinions <laughs> and we love to hear them but thank you so much for joining us thank you Viviana in this episode of Netflix and Chill mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for having me as for everyone else, we will see you in the next episode. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at R2Pence. That's O-U-R, the number two, P-E-N-C-E, on both Instagram and Twitter. I've been Leah. And I've been Vivian. And I've been Viviana. <laughs>
Bye. Bye.